Greetings, fellow investigators, and welcome back to our video podcast, Into the Darkness, where my friends and I play the Call of Cthulhu role-playing game. I'm your host, Tom Rayleigh. Our campaign is The Curse of Nineveh. It was written by Mike Mason, Mark Latham, Scott Dorward, and Paul Fricker, and it's available at the Chaosium website. I'm the GM, and this is episode 11. Our recap will be given by David Gassaway as his character, Reginald Harcourt. So without any further delay, let's continue our journey into the darkness. Well, while we are still burdened and increasingly weary with the cursed golden statue of Naboo, our secondary investigation into events stemming from archaeology at the site of Nineveh is moving forward. There were more attacks by a mysterious shadowy figure in the vicinity of the British Museum, and so we repaired there to see our acquaintance, Mr. Langdon, who introduced us again to the security director, Yates, and also to a young archivist, Ms. Lycaster. She had also had an experience with a mysterious, unclear, shadowy form in the vaults of the museum, Vault 11B specifically. And there we found a chest that the cuneiform writing on the outside of which said it contained four tablets, two of which should never be used and introduced one into a shadowy nether realm, two of which could alter that condition. But there were no uh, tablets inside. And so it seems as though our mysterious and absent friend, Ted Williams, had sold those to some of his collectors. Now we know of four collectors so far. Two of them seem to have gotten, well, we got the name uh, Morris Gibbons from Mrs. Edgerton and we bearded Morris Gibbons in the vaults and uh, uh, strong-armed him without terrible effect and learned that he was also involved, but not with the tablets in the chest and that he hasn't seen Ted Williams lately, and that Ted Williams has been running this racket and perhaps others for a little while. So we moved on to Islington where Ted Williams was known to live. We found his home abandoned for some period of time, a quantity of money secreted within it, a message written on the wall, give me the tablets. Uh, we also visited his local pub where um, we were not welcome. But we did leave a card and mention his name. If Ted Williams is still about, he might contact us. Finally, we were approached on the street by a well-dressed Near Eastern gentleman, one Azar Deen, who exchanged with us a scroll of some sort for the promise that should we recover the missing tablets, we give them to him for the care of the children of tranquility a mysterious nefarious and subtle group of individuals to say the least and now we have a scroll to examine all right so you are all standing there for a few moments uh with the scroll in your hand what do you do it's a it's a pretty little thing it, it looks like it's on parchment. It has two wooden um, 
sort of things running through it to keep it neat. It doesn't look old, but it looks doesn't look modern either. Yes, I don't know who's making parchment these days. Um, we're not inside of the Fox and Hound pub, are we? No, actually, you're standing out in front of uh, uh, yeah. Ted Williams' house. Right. We should distance ourselves a bit from that crime scene. Um, let's just get into the car, and I'll see if I can decipher what's inside this. Yeah, I think we said last time we were going to drive away first just to get out of this neighborhood, and then... We were intercepted, though, by our friend. The non-turban-wearing red turban. Correct. So who is going to drive? I'll try it. Oh, no, it's your car. Yeah, yeah, sorry. All right, so Felix okay, is going to drive. I tear up my stuff. Um, uh, Fuller, where are you sitting? Are you in the back seat? Yeah, I'll be in the back seat. All right, Fadim? I'm in the back seat with Fuller. Uh, Reginald, where are you going to sit? How are, this isn't an SUV, but we all got here in one vehicle. Uh, I guess it's the old times. The back seats were pretty broad. I think for stability, I'd want to be in the middle of the back seat to try to read. Okay. If it's a touring car, touring cars can fit eight people mm. without much difficulty. I would think nothing less of Felix. So and I suggest we head toward your place because we want to send maybe one of your associates back to the Fox and Hound. Yeah, that'll be fine. We'll go back to my place. Have a rumble seat? Yeah, it might have a rumble seat too. Sirius, are you going to sit in the front seat with yeah. Uh, Felix? Yeah, I'm in the front with Felix. All right. As in shotgun position, as they'll say in 20 or 40 years. No, that came from the Wild West. Oh, oh yeah, yeah that makes yeah. sense. Of course, that's a, that's, yeah. a, that's a wagon train. Yeah, I believe <laughs> the, they like the guy, it's called the West right now. The West, the West. <laughs> the guy with the shotgun would sit there to protect the driver and whatever cargo was in it. And it just carried on still to this day, 1920 uh, something. Hmm. All right, so uh, you're driving along, uh, and uh, Reginald, you're going to look at the scroll? Yes. Oh, this is in English, which is a great deal easier than cuneiform. It is written in English. Know this, that there are dark and evil forces that wander about in desolate places, and that there are means by which one may transform into such as these. In such a guise shall lo these lonely men do great mischief and devilry among the rest, and as they go mad, their violence will grow. There is a way to bind such as these with the very thing they lack, and a symbol as black in form as their accursed shape. Chains of pain. The essence of life will bind the shadow and rack it with pain. Blood is called for, but not the blood of man, but rather the blood of a black-winged bird, a corvus. In two ways can this be applied. In a vial or cup, the blood must be splashed upon the shadow, or he can be tricked into stepping into a circle drawn on the earth with the blood. He who is chosen to bind the shadow must concentrate to hold the shade in place. Its screams will be horrible. As long as the caster concentrates, the shadow will be bound, but after that it will be released. Well, the, uh, the inscription on the chest mentioned 
a blood um, offering of some kind. Now we know that it's to be that of a, a raven or the Rook. like, a raven Rook. or a crow, rook. Crow. Rook would probably be best bet, it's big. But, yes, uh, it seems like more blood is better. Do, does anyone recall there being anything like a circle of blood in any of the sites that we've visited? No, I haven't seen anything like that, and I've been okay. looking for that sort of thing. Very well. Since this has been going more and more into the realm of the supernatural, the blood circles and such, I've been keeping an eye out for. The tablet also said that the longer the shadow being was in that state, the more it, uh, the, the more madness would ensue. And our shadowy friend seems pretty violent and aggressive already. He's not so part I'm, of Shadow World. He's no, no, no wonder he would go mad. Yes, I can't even imagine what he's experiencing. But it seems even more urgent that we find out who has the tablets that can reverse his condition. Because pinning him in a place with blood is good, but if it requires a constant source of concentration to maintain it, it's a very temporary cause or solution. Mm -hmm. Um, now, if I recall, we think that we know that Edgerton bought things only from Gibbons, and so he has nothing that's dangerous. Uh, and I think in, until we hear from Teddy Williams, which I strongly suspect we never will, the best, uh, the best source for finding out who else might have bought something is Mr. Smiley. Possibly. Does that accord with your opinions? And, you know, well, first of all, let's, let's repair to Felix's place and have a whiskey. And uh, you can choose which of your gentlemen you'll send to the Fox and Hound. Maybe two of them. So they can have a relaxed conversation as they come in. Got any Islington accents at home? Mm. Hoke may, well, no. Hoke probably won't be able to go in there. I'll Benson go. should, uh, I'll, I'll get with Benson and uh, Belvedere. They should, they should be able to blend okay. Or they might have associates that, you know, they might even know some locals. They have, they have quite the network. The, uh, the on the way, back. Do you guys recall when we talked to Maurice Gibbons? Did he ever go back on, on his saying that he never went to ah, whose was it? One second, just got to catch up. Did he say that he never went to Edgerton's house and that it was somebody else or did he recant on that? You know, Edgerton was the, the only one I remember that he admitted to because we had a description of him and, and, it, and it, wasn't, it clearly wasn't Ted Williams. So he copped to that. And I think he said he'd sold a couple of pieces. So we might have one other dead end, but I don't, I don't recall for certain who that would be. Hmm. Oh, Noble maybe. He might have, he might have cleared Noble but I'm not certain about that. 
But most of the pieces, and certainly all four of the tablets, were things that, that Ted Williams sold. So, what's next? Um, have you, you've arrived back at Felix's house. Just pulling in the driveway now. If you don't mind, gentlemen, I'd like to change conversation a little bit to something that I wanted to discuss earlier. And I've had time to think in our, in our escapades today and it, it's becoming more and more solidified. Um, I've been thinking about these curse on, on, uh, on the statue. And um, I've been thinking we may be approaching it from the wrong way. I do not think it is curse per se. I think it is warning. The more I've come into contact, the more dreams I have had. There's a, and correlating it with all your dreams and the dreams of our compatriots, it has certain things there that, that stand out as being warning. And uh, this may be, uh, as they say, long shot, but I am beginning to suspect that the warning that is being driven to us is that um, gate and key cannot come together because disaster will come. And considering the situation with um, little bits of information about the Syria and, and such and disasters that seem to pop up kind of in the background, I am really thinking that we may need to take the, uh, the statue and um, dare I say, uh, secrete it away to somewhere else, away from London. Because if statue is, I am beginning to think statue may be key. And if gate is part of exhibit that is being put together, they don't need to be anywhere near each other. I've thought about taking it back to Temple of Naboo, but something in the back of my head is telling me that that would be, if we have the sorcerer that is out there looking for this stuff, that would be one of the first things that he'd send agents against to, to look for, because we could take it back to the temple, get back no problem, as they say, and uh, think everything's good, and then agents come in and just snatch it again and use it either for Keith or Kiergate or whatever nefarious purposes might be out there. I may be out on limb, as they say, but this is my best guess. I, I understand where you're getting at with that, but I'm almost thinking that these red turban guys might really be trying to keep the gate away from the key. I don't know. I mean, if they've, if they've kept it safe for a couple thousand years, and they're only out harming people now because the the key is is well here you know um yeah they did cut off hands and feet of people we know but they were all people involved in giving out the key out of its hiding i'm not saying it's right but mm -hmm. if who knows what happens when the gate and the key opens? Will the world be destroyed? I don't. I you would have asked me that last week. I would have said bullshit. But now we've seen some crazy things. Honest, I'm just honest, saying maybe it's better that they do put it back wherever it belongs. And 
Theseus conundrum that I have, I have thought about that. I have thought that maybe we, as we entreat more with the red turbans that we, uh, that we, that we discuss them taking statue, but this other party that is out there, this potential sorcerer or group that is, that is out there that seem, uh, that's been causing trouble it might be so much powerful that uh, potentially that even the red turbans can't can't uh, stand up against them because look at what happened to their uh, sentries there. I mean, if they could from afar cause their sentries to to explode, imagine what could could happen if they actually had a, a focused effort on on the group of people. And I think the only reason why they have we haven't had any harm to us is because we're not suspected as of yet. Good point. The, the fortunate step there for us was that no one knew that Archie Glossop delivered the statuette to the Wentworth Club. Only we know. Only we know. Uh, and I would be delighted to hand the statuette over to the Red Turbans or the Children of Tranquility if I felt sure that they didn't want to join the key to the gate but because they are, as far as I can tell, extremely violent uh, and potentially irrational actors who are spying on us and who are keepers of secrets, it's hard for me to trust that group. And that goes into something that has come up recently after we reviewed the scroll in the car. Um, tablets. Uh, there are two tablets that apparently end um, these these shadows and uh, cause shadows situation to return, and whoever becomes shadow returns. But these scroll that these turbans gave us, they uh, it talks of uh, dispersing the shadow in a very grisly way. And well, not dispersing it, only only holding it temporarily. Yes. Yeah, not relieving it of its suffering, which the the as I understood the chest to to uh, read to have been inscribed. Yes. And and I'm also I I'm not by any means satisfied by this notion that they simply want us to hand over all four tablets to them for safekeeping as if they should be trusted with the ability to become immaterial spirits that can travel through walls and floors and doors as a shadow and if they have the ability to revert to natural form i mean again it's a great deal that they're asking of us based on very little reason to trust them and it's great they're knowledgeable. That's what they have. It's also good, good uh, potential that uh, they could be testing us with this, seeing where we go and what we do. They've given us tools, but they want to see. I think they want to see what we will do. Jason, you're muted. Uh, let me interject before I forget this point. Reginald, you might have just stumbled on something. You said that the lucky thing or something was that 
nobody knew that um oh my god what's his name uh glossop archie glossop gave us or we came in touch with it so now the spirit is going back to all the potential buyers which means that that other group must be linked through the museum somehow you you understand what i'm saying because that the the spirit is going to all the people that has bought stolen stuff from the museum so if if they're go the our link to that other group is somewhere through the museum right but archie didn't steal it as such no no he, archie didn't steal it but right. the spirit this dark shadow is only searching in uh, that we know of is searching in places that are connected directly through the museum yes but we don't i mean i speculating i think that the reason that that shadow guest has been attacking people like the random lawyer near the museum is because it's increasingly mad and increasingly uncertain about finding the tablets because the only people it knew were edgerton noble smiley and that's the same web that it again assuming a that the person can read cuneiform and that's how it triggered the spell b knows these other collectors like under those assumptions it's unrelated to archie's behavior which is taking away an artifact that he knew could not have been authentically from the official expedition right maybe i just made an extra leap in my head it sounded good <laughs> Well, everything is related to, I mean, everything we've experienced, all the proof of magic and dark magic in the world that we've found has to do with that expedition, the secret one. Uh, Felix, the scotch is excellent. Yes, yes. Did you guys, if, don't forget there's cigars on the tray as well, if you uh... Yeah, I think I'll, I think I'll partake. As they say, much obliged. Thank you, Felix. Now, are you going to send? Do you have, how how hard is it going to be to send a team to the Fox and Hound and see if we can smoke Ted Williams at? Oh, with my team, all things are possible. Uh, I have uh, a Belvedere. Yes, sir. Do you, can you or one of your uh, one of your companions? Please take a trip to the Fox and Hound, and we are we're going to try to find a man by the name of Reginald. What was the name again? It's Ted Williams. Ted Williams. He uh, has abandoned his home uh, across uh, around the corner from the Fox and Hound on. Plutney Street. Uh, he's hiding out. He may be short on cash. Uh, and he may have a list of people he's sold artifacts to illicitly. I think the thing to do would be perhaps to suggest that Bill Lancaster had told him that he had a likely buyer for antiquities. And you would, of course, make a perfectly reasonable buyer of antiquities if you want to go that far. 
Now, when we went in, as you probably, you're probably aware of Bed Bar, are you not, to the tavern? No, sir, not really, but uh, uh, most taverns are pretty much the same. I Did you go in there, sir? I did. I, I imagine you were not well received. Uh, no, no. I, uh, I believe the term is uh, turd in a punch bowl. Yes, sir. If I, if I go to this uh, tavern, I will have to dress down. Yes, or if you know any of your any of your uh, associates that you. So therefore, sir, do I have permission to go into your costume closet? Absolutely, anything right. you need. Carte blanche. Thank you, sir. Shall Thank I take you. anyone with me? Uh, I would take someone with you just for safety. Right. And uh, your choice. Uh, you've got you. Open. Open check, of course, with money not an item if it takes a little bit of cash to make your travel easier or to make uh, it yes, sir, thank you. more frequently. Use whatever you need. Uh, and the urgency on this, sir? Shall yes. I go immediately? Uh, I prefer by before tomorrow. Yes, sir. Thank you. Will uh, that be all, sir? Yes, yes, for now. Thank you so much, Belvedere. Yes, sir. So he goes back to what he was doing. It's a good man. Good staff. <clears throat> All right. So you're sitting there uh, enjoying uh, your whiskey and uh, cigars. And uh, what is your next step? I think that... I forget uh, what time of day it is. This is evening now. Isn't it must it? be six or seven yeah. at this point. I think we should um, make... Uh, Copy out the scroll, put the scroll in a safe place. Felix certainly has one. Perhaps make two copies. Uh, and I think we should get in touch with Mr. Smiley because, again, other than Williams, I think he's our best bet at finding out who else is in this community of amateur collectors. Well, if you think that we should keep the scroll and the key or the lock and the key separate, why not taking the statue, one of us hop on the train, go a couple towns over, deposit in a safety box there. That way it's completely out of the reach of anybody that's local. I had a better idea. But along similar lines. I have family in uh, Scotland. And uh, I was thinking about taking it up there. That explains your accent. Well... <laughs> Uh, yes, but the problem is, of course, you don't want to impose the madness on your family. I mean, we all chose, to one degree or another, to and accept this that, burden. What that means is whoever takes the statue to deposit it in a said location will be the last recipient of the statue. Thus, the burden will be on that person alone. And it would be me who has the burden because I have statue. And I would not give statue to any of my family up there. I would arrange for a safe place to put it. And Vadim, you feel as though you could tolerate an indefinite period of these nightmares? I can't say that I'm used to it, but I, I think I can hold out on it. Now, quite honestly, it gets worse every night. So 
if you had to go all the way to Scotland to get rid of the damn thing, you'd go stark raving mad for you. Two days up. <laughs> now, you know, so uh, let's summarize the ideas we've had so far about ending the nightmare of owning this thing. Yes, we need to get rid of it quickly because if it doesn't drive me mad, it's going to drive someone mad. We could turn it over to the children of tranquility, whom I do not trust. We could redeposit it with the British Museum, which may inadvertently reunite it with its partner. Mm -hmm. We could melt the damned thing down which might mean the last person to handle it will go mad. Or worse. The, or that, worse. that thing has, has power connected to it that we don't know what would happen if it got destroyed. Here's a question. Did we establish that the person had to knowingly, knowingly receive the statue? I believe we did. I believe it was because we talked about, we experimented with the idea of sending a package that was marked not to be opened to someone. Well, and that we, was not effective upon relieving the a, sender. If we put in a package and we sent it to the other side of the world, that, that statue is going to make multiple stops along the way and be received and checked in. And so then that person would have a bad night of dreams. Then it would move on to the next guy. It's a dangerous and ungenerous experiment, but I'm not entirely against it. What if we sent it to John Smith, care of USA, and it just spent years moving from postal office to postal office. People had troubling dreams. They never yeah, well, touched it. They never saw it. It's we not have to keep in mind. We have to keep in mind the time frame we're talking about here. In the twenties, postal they don't have airplanes to drop things off, so it's going to take a long time to go from point A to point B to point C, point D. So we can, in theory, send it. You know, two hundred miles away. Right. And how again, long is that going to buy us? That presumes again, though, that um, the recipient doesn't is still still receives the effect without knowing that it's perceived the object right and i think we tried an object we tried an experiment earlier where we each we we made several packages and no one knew which one was which and yet the one who that had the statue in it suffered the dreams correct but we all knew one of them would have it it's not like it was I understand, but it's not psychosomatic. Well, what about I'm just... this then? What about this then? We go someplace in a deserted place, the woods. Every one of us is holding the statue, and we drop it down a mine shaft. Now, at the moment that we dropped it, every one of us was in possession of it. So we drop it, it goes down, and then that curse has to decide which one of us in theory owned it but we were all 
in possession of all touching it at the same time. So would it give us all bad dreams or would it just randomly jump around or what? Or would one of us just go start raving mad as their dreams got worse and worse? Is that a risk we want to take? And something we never thought about, maybe once one person goes mad and then dies, will it jump over to the next person who had touched it? Also keep this in mind. Every night we're passing it back and forth and our dreams get continuously worse. At this point, we're all going to go mad. Well, yes, it is certainly the case that we have to find a new home for that damned thing before it drives at least one of us mad. But, and I've had fantasies about concrete, fantasies about the ocean. Um, I've even about, fantasized about wrapping it in meat and feeding it to a large carnivore. But we hmm. simply don't know what the rules of the curse are. Um, and I don't... Go ahead. Please do. No. Well, let me interject that there's an uncertainty problem that you have that's compounded by the fact that even when you don't have the statue, you're having bad dreams. And you don't know if they're caused by the statue now or just the, the general horror of everything that you've gotten involved in. They seem to be vivid, more vivid if you are in possession of the statue. But I'll give you this. It does seem to be that you have to have knowingly taken possession of the object. You, it belongs to you. Okay. But um, at the moment, it's sort of belonging to all of you, which may be why you're also having dreams when you don't have possession of it. How about this? We go to an opium den. We get an opium addict. Give him the statue. In return, we pay him to smoke opium, basically. He's an opium fiend. He's already having nightmares and night terrors as it is. And who cares if he goes insane? He's a drug addict. Well, that gets back to the point that I said a few days ago about finding somebody with consumption and letting him hold it and giving the family money. At least the gentleman's going to die from consumption. We have no cure for it. At least we're doing some good for his family. That would work, too. There is another option that we have not explored, and it might take time, but um, we're all connected with uh, supernatural community one way or another, Occult, occultism, occultists and stuff. Now, granted, we don't belong into to major societies and stuff, but uh, we do have connections with people who do. Why not try and find someone who knows more about curses than we do? who might be able to help. And who knows, maybe there's, I don't know, some organization like in the United States that could handle this better than we could. And we could just send it off to the United States. I don't know. I mean, it's, it's potential there. But the only problem with that is if we got Warlock out there, he's in the community as well, and he might get wind of what we are doing. Felix? I have sat here and got drunk as hell. 
but he's good whiskey, so it's easy to do. Maybe you should uh, have them send up some supper before we go in. How about this? Why don't you have someone call Mr. Smiley and see if he'll see us after supper? Because I think he's still a, uh, a man who might be able to inform us further. And then we can eat just some, you know, some cold meats and whatnot, sober up, have a coffee. Yeah, I'm going to switch to coffee. I'll... The Belvedere's getting dressed. I saw him go into my wardrobe closet. He could be in there for hours. There's some really, really good stuff in there. Uh, let me get with Benson, get us some food. He can make the call, or actually, I can just call up the Smileys. Actually, I probably shouldn't call up the Smileys. I'll call up the Smileys. You guys got there's, no, there's only one Smiley. The man lives very much alone. He's the chubby baby man, we will call. With a name like Smiley, you'd think he'd, he'd be a happy oh, guy. That's called nominative determinism. That's that's what I. Or at least it. you know, who knows? You know, like 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 British secret agent or something. I don't know. Or that <laughs> quite. Or like a very small yeah. man named. Wait, a very big man named Tiny. Right. Exactly. Yes. Let's make that call, huh? And I'll get some sandwiches, Benson. Yes, sir. Can we get some sandwiches out here and a uh, strong coffee? And by strong, I just mean highly uh, or, or brewed long, not so much jacked with uh, whiskey. Of course, sir. I'll get that right away. Thank you, sir. Oh, dear, sir. There's some strange man standing on the, on the, on the staircase. And well, would you he fell there coming down the stairs. <laughs> would you look at him? Oh, Good it's man. him. <laughs> Looking fine, Belvedere. Great job. You see uh, Benson roll his eyes and just go into the kitchen. <laughs> I'll, I'll be back later, sir. You do make convincing. Before you go, I have the uh, wallet here that if you want the wallet, you can have it. But here's the cash from inside also, which was the, uh, I think it was the four to six hundred, three hundred. The three hundred from... Uh, from the wallet that we got out of Ted Williams' house. I'm, I'll keep the wallet with me. But Belvedere, you take the cash just for pocket money. Okay. Yes, it's 300 now. It was 400 when it was uncovered. You were just keeping things straight, Felix. Well, and I think, I think, uh, Alexa, what is 300 times 15? 300 times. You just gave him four thousand five hundred dollars in uh, <laughs> sort of modern me. Yeah, that's right. to convert it over. That's how we live, sir. Uh, <laughs> so how much do you have to pay for the drink at the the Fox? <laughs> I was going to buy a drink for the entire bar, and they would just as soon punch me in the throat as they uh, would have drank my my purchased drinks. Well, I shall be back later, sir. Thank you. Yes. And off he goes. I think he could go to China and start a new life as a millionaire. <laughs> Maybe with that opium den idea. <laughs> yeah. uh, so uh, I, I must uh, restate, gentlemen, that the idea of sidling an innocent soul, one plagued with addiction or 
otherwise with our curse that we accepted when we accepted the statuette seems at the very least immoral and very possibly also unsuccessful. I think Cyrus is quite wise to consider that the curse might follow a chain backwards of suffering and misery. And having seen that poor wretch that we dragged off to Bedlam, I'm unwilling to go through what he has gone or risk any of you going through it. And he's still having nightmares, correct? He's, he's a plagued, frightened, ruined man. And he hasn't touched the item in years. But he was there. Right. So I'm saying even if we do something like that, I think we will still suffer. But well, it's clear to us that the carrier is the one that suffers the most. We might, you might be, you might be kind of off track there a little bit. I mean, he had the statue and he hasn't had it in years, but in the time that he did have it, he might have already entered into, into psychosis at that point in time. So then it was just natural for him to be crazy. But he said when he falls asleep or something, I might not be remembering 100%, but he still can't sleep properly. Right. Well, we don't even know that that's this Peter Simkin we're talking about. We don't even know that he even touched the thing. He just was in the library and the, and the tomb. And then there's Reginald, who appears to suffer no ill isn't from his plundering. Isn't it curious that Peter was there, he was a part of this, yet he was never killed. The others were. I think he is in league with this Guido or the other group, and I think he has some other powerful magic protecting him. I have no rational, solid bond to that, but everything inside of me keeps telling me that. I just think that he suffered enough that they didn't bother with him. After all, there have been two kinds of retribution, and that of the turban, the red turban people, the physical retribution. You know, that's that's human agency. That's not magic. The well, I, this I shadow think, person. Sorry, I, I think Cyrus was referring to uh, Thompson. Tom, yeah, Thompson. You're, you're referring to uh, Simpkin. It seems uh, true that Thompson is, seems to be untouched by a lot of this stuff, and he was key figure. Now, let's think back to Felix's vehicle when somebody's insides came out and then they died. That's some sort. I don't care if you're saying it's some sort of psychological. That's freaking something I don't know about. If it's magic or whatever it is, if you have the ability to kill somebody by saying a name, they wanted to reveal the guy's name and he died. You must have enough power to protect yourself. So that's why I'm trying to link um, Thompson and the Guido group. I, I, I don't disagree. I think Thompson either knowingly or unknowingly is connected with these, uh, these, uh, these occult group, the sorcerer uh, that's out there. Uh, this Guido, as you say. He's connected somehow. I think more, I think from what Thompson's been talking about and, and things in, in journal that we, we looked at, he may be unknowingly or at least partially unknowingly, but 
maybe he's at the root of it all. I mean, he is, he is seeing that these artifacts and these uh, potential gate is being put up here in London. So there is a connection. What kind of connection? I'm not sure. Yeah, if you've been to the temple and you know what's going on, how could you even try and rebuild it in London? He, he... And one he takes last, it. One last thing that I would say about this statue is, and this is just guesswork, but we believe in the occult and other gods. Have, what if we dumped it on holy ground? You know, we haven't even thought about that. That's a good idea, Fuller. It's a worthy experiment, certainly. I don't know if dumped is quite the right word, but we might okay, as well too. find out what happens. I mean, we could bury the damn thing. Uh, with, you know, we could consecrate the damn thing in, in a casket and have it buried and see if that matters. I don't know that all the gods play by the same rules. Okay, then in that case, you're looking at a Middle Eastern, say, Egyptianish kind of thing, going up against a Jewish synagogue. Well, the Jews won in the old Bible, in the Old Testament, right? Well, they wrote the book. Well, that's true, but my point being is, is it's just an option. So, because if we continue to carry the statue and not give it to somebody else, we're all going to go insane in short order. Fuller, I, 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 I very much concur with you. Uh, and I think that the experiment, experiments we've attempted so far have all been of value and we should continue to experiment. Um, perhaps we should uh, retrieve it from Vadim this evening and take it to a, a holy site and see if sticking at the ground there helps his dreams. It would be a worthy thing. We, if we didn't even have to stick it in the ground, we could always find the crypt. Yeah, uh, the shadow, shadow could, of a cross. As long as it's a consecrated things. ground, that's what counts. If we know it is a consecrated uh, working cemetery uh, that, that serves a certain faith, it, I think it, that's I the, even, the key right there is the faith in that, it's, that it, is, it is considered the holy ground. Well, I would even be interested to see if we could carry it into such a space. Carry or maybe even to a church. chapel or a church. Yes, yes, indeed sneak there, Fuller. The, sneak it into the bell tower, still on holy ground, and they're not going to go and look for it there. Good point. Yeah, these are worthy experiments. My suspicion is that we accepted this curse willingly, and that until we figure out how to answer this strange nabu we won't be able to get away from it but i'm willing to try anything i don't want to take the thing home and my turn's coming up soon i'll take it my touch with reality oh is, felix you've had a lot of scotch no I'll my take touch it with reality is slim at best so it's a danger to me well indeed it's well and increasingly to all of us and this again is why i'm afraid to turn it over to the people who want it my indulgence was not for nothing. Uh, I would like you all to do uh, an idea. That sounds about right. Extreme. Ooh, got it. Uh, who got the best roll? Vadim, you said extreme. All right. I um, got a 15. That's very good. But it's, yeah, it's not extreme. 
I'm going to type something to Vadim so you guys can continue okay. to, uh, to chat. Blather right. at each other. My idea, you know what? Reginald my idea here. was to drink myself into a stupor and fall asleep. Obviously, I'm going to sleep for a very long time. You hand me the statue. You can hold it on your little chest while you slept. Exactly. Put it as close to me as possible. Nobody's seen the end of the dream. Oh, right. We're always chased and about to be assaulted. About to be. But that is interesting. If I can it's get dangerous. enough, I can make it to the end of the dream at least. That might be more opium dem than than just uh, alcohol. Yeah, just well, would, gentlemen. I mentioned it earlier. Then, yes, Vladim. This this just occurred to me. What if we don't give it to a specific person, but to um, shall we say, group in general, like institution? Sure, we've discussed that, like the British Museum, but we're not afraid to give it to them because okay. they might be well, building Well, it doesn't have thing. to be British Museum. It could be another institution. Want an answer? I got your answer. All right. Well, we may not be part of these organizations, but during this time frame, if we're into the occult, we know about Thelma, we know about the OTO. I am familiar with them. The Golden Dawn. These were all things that we would know about. How many members are there in the Wentworth Club? About 150. Well, I think we would start there out of sheer loyalty. I don't want it going across the ocean and then we're still suffering. I, anything we're going to experiment with, we still need to have it within... Yeah, I don't want to say the mine but, um, shaft in the ocean. Yeah. Well, this this right. this goes with my 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 earlier train of thought. Is that why not we find someone who's not connected with this whole matter, who could who could handle this? But not the red turbans, have... not anybody else. But we find someone who is actually more knowledgeable. I mean, it's a it's a risk. It is a risk. But well, you have not run across any group that is. As you describe, have you? Some society of nations that we don't know about. See, that's that the problem is that we could we could entrust it to like what Fuller said, the OTO or or the, the remnants of the Golden Dawn or something like that. But those they don't seem any I mean, I know those people, they don't seem any more knowledgeable than us other than doing rituals and, and that sort of thing. I mean they don't have to be knowledgeable. It's so an if occult we, item. It's an occult item. They would want it for the sheer value of that alone. Oh, yeah. So two different points there. One is separating the information of the danger, and, and the other is securing it from ill use. Uh, do, we, uh, do we know what the procedure is for donating an object to our elect club? It can't be that complicated for a member yeah, to say. I, I, I imagine you'd approach the president or somebody like that. And, and once again, can it be given on loan to the group? So if it doesn't work, we can take possession back. You see where I'm going? Well, if we actually, you know... This is this is a cult artifact. We are 
into the occult, everyone here at the Wentworth Club, that's part of what we're all about. What if this we is a donate? unique object. And it know, is a unique object. Why don't we donate it to the club as a whole? And if we need to do something with it, we have access. True, but the one uh, loophole in that is we're members of the same club, so we'll just continue having these bad dreams. Well, that's the, that, that is the risk. We'd have to see whether it was effective or not. It might be that this nightmare divided by 150 only interrupts a sleep for an hour every week, or it might be that we don't escape at all. Or it could be that, that, that the way things work is that if it's owned by one person, uh, it, is, it, is, it is focused on the person. If it's owned by a group as a whole, which is people, but it's also in this position where it's um, a, also an intangible element in that while we are members and such, the group is not an individual. There's one tiny small problem with this. If we give it to the Wentworth Club, they're going to want to put it on display, which means that anybody could break in and take it. Not necessarily. We could do stipulation in that it must stay behind in, 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 in the vault because it's that valuable. And anyone, anyone who really cares, and I'm sure everyone here would care, they would, they would follow that. Now, the only problem is, yes, uh, everybody at Wentworth Club would pretty well know that it is there, even if it's in the rumor. Hey, Tom, answer me a question. So, as I have mentioned before, we know about the OTO, we know about Golden Dawn, we know about Thelma. How does the Wentworth Club fit into that? Are we on that scale? I mean, 150 members, that's pretty far-reaching. You aren't a religious organization of any kind. You are a bunch of rich people who have a hobby where you kind of study the occult. And uh, up until now, on a, on a personal level, none of you probably really believed anything like magic really existed. Except maybe me, but that's Except my... That's even, my even, I mean, until you have some modicum of evidence... You know, you're Which always, I've been getting finally you know, after all now my you're finally yes. evidence that magic exists. But yeah, most of the other members of the Wentworth Club are just the same as you were. They're they like to sure. read, they like to study, and they like to collect things. So. Sure, there's probably one or two who are actually connected with uh, Thelema or the OTO at this time. Oh, sure, but, sure. I mean, yeah. they don't. They're they're not exclusive to your club. Golden Dawn's um, pretty much defunct, with a few minor exceptions at this at this time. Because uh, at this point, because uh, we've been doing this for almost an hour, um, let's say that you've been doing it for a few hours, and it's getting late, and uh, you just can't think about it anymore. Uh, I don't know what you're going to do for the evening with the statue. Well, the first question is whether or not we hear back from Smiley about whether he's interested in seeing us tonight. Um, so after you... our sandwiches. Yes, I think one of the things that Felix's staff was assigned to do was to reach out to Mr. Smiley and see whether he'd see us. Benson. Yes, sir. Were you able to contact Mr. Smiley? Uh, no, sir. Uh, he is uh, uh, out of the uh, the country at the moment, or out of the out of London at the moment. 
he should be returning uh, within a few days. Thank you. Excellent sandwiches. Get the statue to Felix. I'll take the statue. Let's try our experiment. He's but don't, drunk. Don't, don't tell me you're giving it to me. We can knock out two experiments in one try. One try. He's drunk. Awesome. If someone was to pass out, they would not be having dreams. They'd be unconscious. The At key. some point, they have to go through the process of not being sedated. But sure, we can try. Felix is game for it. Uh, Vadim shouldn't have it. He's very tired. Uh, let, I'm willing to try anything here. I don't want another. have to deal with this again if I can help it. All right. All right. Um, I, I do at least have to continue to emphasize that none of you want the fucking thing. I want uh, it. At this point, it's not just an annoyance. It's, it's awful. You know when you've got it that you're going to have horrible, horrible, horrible dreams and get no sleep at all. So no, that worries me a lot. It's gotten to the point where, yeah, you don't want to experiment with it. You don't want to play with it. You don't want to have it in your house, but one of you has to take it. Um, My touch with reality is tenuous at best. Um, so all I'm going to say about that is whoever takes it tonight has horrible, horrible dreams and doesn't get a very good sleep. Um, but do you want to do anything else tonight uh, or just move on to the next next morning? Does Belvedere make it back okay and safely? Sometime in the middle of the night, yeah, he makes oh, it back. I'll catch up with you uh, tomorrow. You've been drinking, so you fall asleep, and he's not going to wake you. Somehow but, you find yourself in, in bed. And, now that it was given to Felix after he passed out, did he still have the dreams then? Because Vlad had it. I, I don't know. We're, we're going into theoretical. Oh, yeah, okay. All sorts of stuff. Yeah. Uh, he had no rest. Um, and actually, if he passed out before you gave it to him, he didn't take possession of it, and uh, and Vadim would have had the nightmares. Well, right. that answers the question I was looking for anyway, then. Well, Sorry, that's been uh, the answer all along. Whoever takes possession of it, whoever it belongs to, is the one who has the nightmare. We better solve this fast. Sorry, Reginald, you were speaking. That's perfectly right. I think, you know, I think it is worth experimenting with the group uh, test because we are all wearing down. I feel 10 years older than I did 10 months ago. Uh, well, let's, yeah. let's add this to it then. One of your experiments may be you all agree to co-own the statue regardless of where the statue is and you all have nightmares. So, but are they diminished relative to when one of us has it? Nope, mm, no. not at this point. And you're not quite sure whether you're having the nightmares because you think you're going to have the nightmares, and it's all psycho psychosomatic. But oh, I'm pretty sure the thing's eating its way into your soul. That's what it feels like. And it's, it, but it seems to be different for each of us. It's always impending doom, but it's different contexts. Yeah. Often darkness. Often blood, often darkness, often vast landscapes, often something chasing you, something coming up behind you. It's 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 that kind of a dream. Um 
Yes. Well, uh, I guess it's, it must be the next day then, because we know that that's, okay. that's what happened to Felix. So uh, the next day, uh, I come uh, in looking like crud. <laughs> uh, Belvedere, uh, Felix, uh, after your breakfast is brought in, he comes in and he explains to you. He says, um, uh, I went to the Fox and Hound and uh, I had a few drinks and I began to ask a few questions around. Uh, nobody really responded. Uh, they're protective of their own, which would be understandable. Um, however, I did leave contact information so that if anybody We'll see where it goes. I'm not sure that somebody will contact me, but it's possible. Planted the seed. Yes. Excellent, Belvedere. Thank you. How the how the costume make out? Good. Oh yes, they thought I was one of them. Perfect. I even tried myself uh, to use a bit of a accent hmm. instead of my normal non-accented voice. <laughs> Fantastic. Belvedere, do we have any aspirin? Of, of course, sir. Yeah, I don't know when the aspirin become really, but we'll, we'll say, yeah. Yeah. Belvedere, do we have time specific pain relieving medication? Yes, buffered or not buffered. Not buffered. <laughs> Indeed. And we have these children's, little bear children's aspirin. Oh, those will work just <laughs> and, fine. And, Are you and heroin. In the twenties, yeah, you had cocaine, heroin. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> exactly five will put you into eggs. a coma. <laughs> I could, I could give you the the number of my local uh, opium suppliers. <laughs> Bear started producing aspirin in eighteen ninety. Right, so it's new. It's newfangled stuff. It's only thirty years old. Witchcraft, but we all prefer laudanum. In the form of tartlets. All right, so it's the next day. What are your plans? Uh, well, gentlemen. Hello. Mm. It got me. It, the experiment didn't work. It's so we're meeting at the club, I assume, and you are wretched. Sure. Let us, I say we try just giving it to to club. Make sure that caveat that it's kept in vault. It's worth shot. It's where we need it if we need it. If it disappears later, well, ain't that a shame? Yes, they stay. Where's my damn coffee? I need coffee. Your coffee's here, sir. Thank you. So, you guys are sitting there um, having breakfast and um, after, uh, after a half an hour or so, um, Sykes comes in and he says, uh, gentlemen, uh, uh, there is a a man out front 
uh, of the club who is asking about Mr. Matthews. Um, wants to speak with him. However, he's not exactly the kind of person you'd expect to see in here. Tender men. I got it. Um, a rather common fellow. Oh. May not have anything to do with the statue, you guys. I'll take care of this. Uh, Just hang out, get some more coffee, and. Uh, do you want go with you just for safety reasons? Yeah, yeah. at least one of us should go down. So. <laughs> So, Felix, who's going to go with Felix? I will. All right. Um, uh, you step out into the front of the club and uh, uh, around the sort of iron gates and stuff like that. And there's a gentleman standing there who, um, he looks like he's maybe uh, in his 50s. Uh, looks like he's had a pretty hard life. Uh, he's dressed in a blue shirt. Uh, has a you know little cap on. Um, uh, looks like a, a hardworking man. And uh, when you come around the corner and start to step toward him, he takes his hat off and uh, says, uh, "Excuse me." He says, "I uh, uh, I was at the uh, the Fox and the Hound last night." And uh, there were some inquiries. Uh, I was there when you gentlemen came in. Uh, you probably don't recognize me. We all look pretty much the same. Uh, my name is Bill Lancaster. And he suddenly became Australian. Um, <laughs> it happens to the best of us, Bill. He says, you are asking about my, my mate, Teddy. Have you had breakfast? Uh, yes, sir. How about a cup of coffee? Or tea? Uh, it's not really why I'm here, sir. We'd probably rather discuss this off the street, though, don't you think? I, I'm not, I, it wouldn't be proper for me to go into a place like that, sir. Bullshit. Come on. Come have tea. Meet the rest of the guys. Come on inside. You're now a guest of mine. Okay. Um, he, he becomes, of course, very uncomfortable. <laughs> He'll be okay. Get him in here on the table. Once he sees the condition of a demon, in, he's going to feel just fine. All right. So he comes in and get a lot of looks. That's fine. Uh, I give the him other right back members. to everyone else. He's a guest of mine now. And uh, um, Sykes's nose goes, you know, from here here just that's well in that in that case wouldn't it be in one of the ground floor meeting rooms where the non-members go they wouldn't go past the yeah you wouldn't take him upstairs right but, uh yeah th that's possible you guys take him into a, a private room uh and uh and he says well uh, where shall i begin um He's like, uh, he says, uh, uh, you know, Ted's always been a one, uh, you know, ducking and uh, diving to make uh, a shilling here and there. 
Uh, not always above board, if you know what I mean. Well, I knew he was making a fair amount, uh, stealing things from where he worked and selling them off to uh, well-to-do types like yourselves. Not to say that you were that kind of a person, but, uh, you know, antique collectors and, and the like. He says, well, I, I always told him to be careful, but uh, he'd never listen. Always a cocky one, that was, our head. Uh, now he's right in it. Uh, gone round the bend, he has. Uh, he turns up at my doorstep uh, in the middle of the night, white as a sheet, as if he's seen a ghost. Then he begins raving, saying the devil had come to his house last night, hitting him and chasing him around the place. Said he ran out of the, uh, the street and jumped the bus to get away. Now he says uh, he can't go home because the devil knows where he lives and that he has to stay with me. Uh, I could see he'd been knocked about a bit, black eyes and the like, and I takes him uh, inside and makes him a cup of tea and uh, settles his nose, then uh, puts him in the attic room to sleep it all off, expecting him to be better in the morning. Uh, of course, he ain't any better, is he? Uh, spends the next few days and nights all quiet-like, nervous, and nervous of anybody coming around the door and uh, saying that the devil is gone, going to find him and that uh, how his sins will find him out. Now, Ted and me have been pals for years, so I couldn't just turn him out, but uh, he gets worse and worse, refusing to come out of the attic or eat anything. I'm worried sick about him and uh, whether the police are going to turn up uh, at any minute at my house. And Ted's there now? Still? Oh, yeah, he's up there. Won't come out. Uh, this all happened a couple of weeks ago. It did. Oh, you can see the light. Sorry. <laughs> Bill, do you think you can get him to talk to us? If we well, do. I just don't know what to do, sir. And uh, you seem to, you seem to know him. I thought maybe you was uh, somebody coming after him, uh, like he was afraid. But then I, uh, I traced you back here, knew you were proper gentlemen. All right. We're all in here with us, right? We're all in attendance with this meeting. Yeah, except Vadim's. Vadim's unconscious. Hey, we'll we'll fill him in. Yes, uh, um, uh, Mr. Lancaster, I'm very grateful that you came. Um, and you're uh, quite right to be concerned about your friend, uh, Mr. Williams. And I think that if you can convince him to talk to, speak with us, he might lead us to a solution to his nightmares. His well, nightmares are based in some real thing that he has mistakenly uncovered. Well, he thinks it's the devil, sir. It's a sort of devil. He's not wrong. Um, but quite honestly, sir, there's no way I'll ever get him to get out of my house at this point. He's, he's stark raving mad, but... Uh, uh, I wouldn't mind uh, if if you wouldn't mind coming back to my place. No, of course. That's a, that's I think the best course of action. 
Now, it's not no, no fancy place like you have. Well, I mean, this club is this club is a thing of tradition and uh, a certain degree of privilege. Uh, your home, I'm sure, is uh, most worthy, especially as you're able to host your friend in distress. Oh, mine's nothing, but uh, I I wouldn't mind if you came right round right now, sir. No, I think it's the best thing we can do. Give us a few minutes to organize ourselves. All right. I'll be and waiting we'll... out front, sir. That's right. okay. I'll show myself out. I think, actually, that somebody will probably do that. We get Officiously. Yeah. Just to make sure they don't, you don't need anything on the way out. Yes. And indeed, if you want a, you know, a, a snack or a bit of very fancy coffee or tea. Oh, no, thank you, sir. Take advantage. Uh, but we're more than happy to come over and and try to help with uh, your friend. Thank you, Ted. sir. Is he Ted or Teddy? Uh, well, I call him Teddy. That's Ted. Uh, should I? Should we call him Edward Theodore? Oh no, he, he wouldn't like go by Ted. that. No fancy names for him. Right. Ted's Ted's fine. Good old Ted. All right, we'd love to help Ted with this uh, crisis, and and he's not mad, you know. He's just frightened by things that are terrible. So he goes out to wait for you. He was uncomfortable, wasn't he? (laughs) He was. Do you want to leave Vadim in a closet? Comfortable Uh, lounge? Try to rouse him? I think he might want to have some questions for this gentleman. Well, let's give him the option. Hey, Vadim. Uh, actually, Vadim, do a do a luck roll. Oh, this could go either way. <laughs> nope. You didn't pass. Didn't pass. As, as Vadim is there, suddenly Vadim's eyes shoot open and he screams. <laughs> you didn't actually have to. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> I didn't realize it was going to be that loud. Sorry. Yeah, you have a horrible nightmare. Ah. Uh, so. It's okay, buddy. It's okay. You're not going to get any rest. <laughs> um, all right. So, 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 Vadim, now that you're awake, we have a lead on Teddy Williams. Do you feel strong enough to come and talk to him with us? Or do you want to stay here and try to uh, I, I, catch up? I, I, I'm awake now. I might as well go. I don't think I want to go back to sleep. Please don't let me go back to sleep. No. I know the feeling too well. All right. So... You uh, you head out front, and uh, 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 Bill's never ridden in a car like yours, which is a fancy car. He uh, he took a I don't know how he got over here. He got over here somehow. Um, Milk wagon. You, you you travel back to Eastlington, uh, and it's on a, another side street, not far from Ted's, and. Uh, He said he's talking to you all this time. He says that he lives alone. His wife passed away a few years ago, 
and uh, he takes you into his house. It's cheap. It's a few stories high, but it's still, uh, it's very modest. And he says he's, uh, he's upstairs in the, in the attic. Uh, he takes you up there and uh, uh, opens the door to the attic. It's up a little narrow flight of stairs. He, uh, it opens up to the attic and uh, you immediately hear a man inside, you know, jump and scream. And uh, uh, you can see there's a mattress on the floor and there's somebody who's curled up in the, in the things and they're hiding, but you can see they're visibly shaking. And uh, Bill says, uh, this is how he's been for days, uh, scared of his own shadows. Um, so what do you do? Mr. Williams, we've been trying to find you for a little while. I, I will fear no evil. He, he says, you sh- you- thy rod and thy staff shall comfort me. He starts quoting Bible verses. And- yes, that is very, that's very good, Mr. Williams. Um, the, the, the things that you offended when you stole from the museum. It was the devil. It was the devil. I'm so sorry that I ever did it. I should never have done it. You should not have done it, Ted. You should not have done so many, it. So many times. And I figured who would miss them, you know? I, the man's got to make ends meet. And, but some of them things is cursed. And you don't ever know which ones it is. You should just leave them. Leave them all be. You can see that he's actually scrawled things all over the walls and the, uh, of the things, crosses and psalm prayers, and he's... Teddy, what if we told you we know which ones triggered this? Could you remember where those items went? Oh, oh I don't know. Uh, he says, I... I uh, says, I, I shouldn't have taken him. Curse be damned. I've been damned. Uh, there was, there was some of them. I, I took so many, sold them to all you, those rich people. Just wanted to show off. They did, show them that they've got something old and ancient. Yeah, they got a knack for that. And he says, and and some of them have been visited by the devil. I'm sure of it. It's true. Some have. A few have. It depends on what things came from what places. Ah, he says, I know what it was. It was that damn box. He says, there was a marble box. And I, 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 I let the devil out. I let the devil out when I opened that box. Was it the box with the four tablets? Yeah, but I only took two of them, sir. I took two of them and I sold them. And, and that poor guy, he, he was taken first by the devil. Uh, he says, but I didn't know it then, sir. I took those and I, I sold the second two to somebody else. And, uh, and now, now the devil's come for me, sir. The first two, do you remember who you sold them to? He says, uh, he says, I, 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 I sold the second two. I, I remember I sold them to, to, uh, Lady Nichols. Uh, she had them. I gave them to her. She paid me right good then. And to the other two, oh, oh, that greedy son of a bitch, that man, uh, uh, he did it and the devil took him. Uh, now the devil wears his flesh like smoke and shadows. That, 
that ginger fellow, Balethius Ginger. Ah, yeah, he's got him now. Balethius Ginger? And now the devil wants those other two. He says, you've got to stop him. You've got to stop him from getting the tablets. Break him. Destroy him. Ted, that's what we want to do. That's what we want to do. We need your help to find all four of the tablets that you should not have taken from that chest. So anything you can tell us will help us protect you and the world from what you accidentally unleashed. He says, well, I, all I can tell you, sir, is those two people, uh, I can tell you right where they live, sir. That would be most helpful. And he's like, um, he says, um, uh, Belethius Ginger lives on 3 Ladbrook Square in Notting Hill Gate, West London. And uh, Lady Nichols lives at 28 Belgrave Mews uh, in uh, Belgravia, Central London. And uh, I would like, Reginald, you're talking to him. Um, Felix, what are you doing while he's talking to? I was just noticing all the crazy stuff he's written on the walls. Okay. Uh, Fuller? Uh, same, just sitting there keeping okay. an eye on things. Vadim? Listening carefully to what he has to say. And, uh, okay. I was going to ask and, him uh, some questions here. Okay, and Cyrus? I'm at the door, and I'm kind of looking behind us to see if anything else is unusual in the house or if this might be a setup or just right. in case. All right. Uh, Felix Fuller and Cyrus do a spot hidden. 36. Ooh, 03. Nice. 22. It's hard success. Normal. Okay. Fuller. You're standing there and you're looking around all this crazy stuff. And you just see a shadow move. At first you thought that it was maybe Reginald's uh, shadow, but uh, it, it moves across the wall all by itself. Uh, Felix, you see it second. It's definitely in the shape of a, a person, although it looks like there are holes punched in it here and there. And uh, Cyrus, uh, since you're standing next to the door, uh, you're the last one to notice, but it's coming for the door where you are. Uh, do a luck roll. 25 success. Okay. So, um, as, as you see this shadow moving towards you, uh, you see its fist suddenly come up like this and come swinging at you. And instead of hitting you in the face, it sort of hits you in the shoulder. But it's a good solid punch and it knocks you back. And the shadow moves down the stairs and out the. Out Can I the, take off after it? Sure. I'm going to just run and try and keep an eye on where it's going. And I yell, somebody come with me. 
Um, by the time you get to the bottom of the stairs, it's gone. And you see that it's moving extremely swiftly. It's faster than a human can run. Well, I'm just going to yell out, we know who you, who you are, and I'm coming for you. What are the rest of you going to do? Looking up suddenly and seeing what's going on. Only got about halfway down the stairs before he gave up on the chase. I take like a point, take off a hit point or something? Yeah, take one, one hit point. What just happened there? You, t please tell me you saw that shadow because I got a bruise to prove it hit me. Oh, no. That thing knocked me back a good two feet into the hallway from the door frame. Well, that thing knows where we're going to. Well, keep it down because if Ted hears you and he didn't see it, he's going to lose his shit. Through, through. As, as they say. Well, he's already losing his shit anyway, so... Yes, all of his fecal matter is lost <laughs> and in sort of weird recycling mode. Ted, uh, uh, I understand you're in danger. And we. It's, it's coming for me. It's, 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 it's trying to get to the other two tablets. Yes, we, we're scared away right now. Do you know where those tablets are? Yes, I just told you. Lady is... Lady... Uh... Oh, I'm sorry. I'm going to interrupt, and I'm going to say, listen. Lady he, Nichols. He, Lady Nichols. He, he heard the names. He's going to one of the two spots. We need to go. Which, which two took him over to the shadow? The first two? Lady Nichols. But he needs blood from a corvid and a human to do anything he and he doesn't want corvid to, to lock up the shadow well that's right that's right yeah but we also need uh, the, the tablets i understand needed blood just to help him uh escape that condition well um Some while they're blood. talking i'm going to go over to jed and ask him uh, Ted, uh, you mentioned that you only took two tablets out of the box. Do you know what happened to other two? No, I took all four tablets. You took but all I took, four. I took two and I gave them to Belethius and now he's destroyed. He's taken over by the devil. And I gave the other two to uh, 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 Lady Isabel Nichols. Well, we know where to go now. Thank you very much, sir. the Matthews wagon we've got to get to 28 28 O'Grace so, View do right. we know do we know that's where he's going there's two locations he doesn't it, need the first we're place. at one I think is the is the point oh, okay so it's yeah it's a race to Lady Nichols place and also, yeah. We we might even be too late. That thing took off like a bat out of hell. From where you are, it would have to cross all the way to central London. In the daytime. You could probably drive there 
It might take you a half an hour to get there. That it was moving very, very fast. Yeah. Faster. But it's a shadow. And we are currently not moving at all. So we are not gaining any ground. So, uh, yeah, uh, a moment of um, aftercare to Mr. Williams. And then we hop in the car and flee to Lady Eagle's place. If we're in agreement, gentlemen. I drop a five-pound note on the table as I'm running out the door. Okay. So you head to your car, and you're going to go to Lady Nichols. Mm-hmm. Yes. All right. Uh, I assume you're driving like a bat out of hell. <laughs> Um, all right, so uh, eventually you pull up to Lady Nichols' townhouse. Uh, it's a three-story affair. Uh, it uh, let's see, uh, and, and you've pulled up in front of it. It's the middle of the morning. Pop out. Go up to the door, knock or ring, whichever is. Uh... Yeah, it's a knocker. I... Lady Nichols has knockers. Um, I wrap her knocker. Um, a, uh, a, a gentleman butler, uh, white hair, looks like he's maybe in his 60s, um, but fairly big man. Strong, strong-looking fellow. Uh, yes, sir. May I help you? Uh, yes, I'm. I'm here to see Lady Nichols. I'm Felix Matthews with the Wentworth Club. Oh, she's not yet risen from sleep, Miss Sir. Uh, she tends to sleep late. Uh, maybe you could help me. We're here actually on a safety check, uh, just to check on the, her safe and safety and well-being. Uh, we have reason to believe that she may be in danger. Are you with the police, sir? No, we're with the Wentworth Club. Please come inside for a few moments. I'll I'll see if I can rouse her. Would you mind if I bring in my... And, and he looks at you, and you're all dressed nicely, so... He says, yes, of course, sir. Come here into the foyer. And uh, her house is actually really nice. Um, but I want you all to do spot headings. Ooh, 15. Ah, oh, eight. Oh, oh, six. Um, for those it's of you only- who passed, uh, every shadow that moves you immediately lock on to, but then it probably turns out to just be a, a tree. You know, I'm talking about outside the front house. Um, you've, you become paranoid of the shadows of whatever it is, if it, if it actually is a shadow. Um, all right. Uh, it takes Lady uh, Nichols 
about 10 minutes uh, before she shows up. And uh, she shows up at the top of the stairs leading down into the uh, foyer. Um, she looks like she's probably in her 60s. A uh, very elegant looking woman. She's dressed in a, uh, uh, a, a elegant sort of robe and, and all of that. And she's like, uh, now what's, what's this all about? As she comes down. Miss Nichols, I'm sure this isn't what you want to wake up to. You know. Yes, well, it, it, uh, uh, Armstrong said that, uh, that there was some concern over my safety. Uh, what was this all about? Yes, ma'am. In the, in the past, we've been told that you purchased a couple of, um, a couple of tablets that may have originated at the British Museum. I'm sorry. Oh, and what business is this of, your, this of yours? It's the reason it's our business is because those tablets, we believe, are attached to a very serious curse. Oh, and I know it sounds, I know, I know, I know it sounds nuts, but maybe you've heard the rash of attacks and brutality in central London around the museum as of late. I don't read the common newspaper, no. Um, there's no such thing as curses. That's nonsense. Well, there, there have been break-ins by ruffians to all people who have purchased stuff in, in such a way, which I've purchased too, so I'm not judging, but there have been people beaten about the face, and it all links to people who had something from the museum. Well, it sounds and, like what you're talking about is burglary, not uh, ghosts. The, the, these ruffians are using uh, this uh, curse as, uh, as a front for their actions. We, we just led to believe that you would be next, and we rushed over here for your safety. Well, I assure you, I'm quite safe. Now, I, 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 I assure you, uh, there's no such thing as a curse. Now, I don't like the idea of a burglar. If you're talking about some sort of burglar stealing stuff. It's then, not even about stealing. It's about the physical abuse of the owners. Well, it certainly is the middle of the day, and nobody's going to break in here in the middle of the day. Ma'am. If, if I could be so bold, where um, where do you keep the tablets? Are they in a safe place? You don't have to tell me exactly, but are they locked up in a nice, safe place? Of course, they're in a safe place. They're in a. You know, I I don't know how you know about uh, my collection at all, but uh, uh, those are my two most recent purchases. This is how it's going to go down, and you're probably not going to like it. But hear me out. Within the next 48 hours, most likely, you're going to be asleep. Or you're going to be relaxing. The sun will go down. It's going to be dark. You're going to Armstrong, what is he talking about? Hear me out, Armstrong. Hear me out. In the next 48 hours, this is what's going to happen. 
your collection is going to be absolutely destroyed. There's nothing we can do about it. There's nothing you can do about it. There's nothing the police can do about it. I'm not trying to scare you. I'm just telling you how it's going to go down and how it has done for the last three people that we've been to whose collections have all been destroyed. I, I, are you threatening me? No, that's the thing is I'm not threatening you at all. I'm only telling you what we know is fact. We're trying to help you. Because nobody else needs to get hurt by this thing. And it all, we don't want your entire, it's not your entire collection. That's the thing. It's not. I, I assure you pieces. that there's no way for anybody to get to my collection. It's not a human and I know that's going to sound crazy, and more than likely you want to pull me out right now. But it is not human; it's a shadow. There were things I, written I, on these tablets. I, I'm sorry. I really, I really don't have time for this. Uh, I'm exhausted. I, I, I'd like to ask you, please, to leave. All right. I'll tell you what. I'm going to leave my card. It's got a smiley face on it right there in the middle. Now, you guys are all there. Do you guys want to do anything? or Reginald? David, are you okay? Would you consider selling those tablets? I'm certainly not. For double what you paid. Money is common. It's not about the money, it's about the artifact. What about a trade? Uh, I, I think that you should probably leave. You don't even want to hear what we have that could possibly trade for these two tablets? It came from the same dig. L listen, I'd like you to leave, or I'll call the police. All right, all right, all right. If you want, you can call Scotland Yard itself, and we'll give you a few names to ask for, and they'll vouch for us. What is this? Are you telling me that somebody is trying to... Somebody is going to hurt you and destroy your collection 100%. There has been one or two murders already, three people brutally beaten, we're just, we're here, honestly, to help you. If you don't want it, we could turn around and walk away, but something's going to happen here. We've tracked it down to every location, and this is the first location we beat them to it, is you. Everything else, we've gotten there a day too late. I can turn around and leave now. Call the yard. They'll verify our names. We're here to help you, to keep you safe. I'm sorry if it interrupted you. I apologize, but... There's a crash from upstairs. Ah, 48 hours, 48 seconds. Our name speaks I for... Did I break up? You lost me? No. I said that there's a crash from upstairs. And she I, looks I, back like this and she says, what on earth? It's happening right now, ma'am. Armstrong, you should probably go up there and check it out. Armstrong. And she, she immediately starts up the stairs as well. Ma'am, you don't arms. want to go up there. Well, you guys just going to stay downstairs? or? Well, she didn't invite uh, us up. She was kind of being a bitch about the whole thing. I'm going up. 
All right. Um, you go up the stairs, you follow her down a hallway, and uh, you definitely hear some noise behind a locked door. And uh, she opens up, she pulls out her key, and by now you guys have come up right behind her, and she unlocks the door and opens it up. And what you see is it's a fairly small room. Uh, what you'd expect to see from a collection, there are antiquities here and there. There's some glass cabinets. One of the cabinets has been broken open. And in this room, the windows are these little stained glass affairs. There's three or four of them. They're only about this big. And in the center of the room, uh, looming sort of over the cabinet, is this shadow figure. It's obviously a man, except that the shadow has these gashes or holes that are in the shadow. So it's not completely solid and it looks like it looks like a piece of raggedy cloth that's that's been ripped and torn and it has the tablets there are two tablets in its hand but they're too big to go through the window and the door is locked so as soon as you come inside and you open the door there's this sort of blood-curdling scream. Uh, 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 Lady Nichols uh, jumps back, um, and she screeches a little bit because she sees this phantom. And the, uh, the, the phantom moves around the room rather, rather quickly with these, these tablets, and then it seems to you that it realizes the only way out with the tablets is the door. And so it comes rushing at you, but you're, you're seeing the tablets come rushing at you. So. Indigression, indiscretion aside, I'm going to grab lady and, and pull her out of the way. Okay. Uh, David, are you okay? Oh, you're, you're muted. Yes, I'm well. Thank you. Okay. Um, so, David, what are you going to do? They're, they're moving swiftly towards you. They're obviously, if you're in the way, they're going to smash right into you, along with the, the shadow thing, which you know can hit. I think that uh, I have to, um, the only natural behavior is to flee. But I don't know if I can flee. Okay. Well, you can dodge. Yeah, I'll dodge. Okay. Uh, go ahead and roll for that. Uh, Cyrus? I want to try and grab the tablets and just let my body weight fall to the ground on them. Like, okay. like a baby, hold them like a baby. I'll take the hits from the thing if I have to, but I'm just going to try and cradle those tablets like they're my own kids. So you're going to do a brawl bowl. You're trying to grab them. 
Correct. Fuller. I don't know. I um. Well, I guess move towards the shadow and see if I can just actually tackle it. Okay. Um, and Felix, what are you going to do? I was going to grab for the other floating. Okay. Just so let's play it out like this. Fuller, uh, you go to try to tackle the thing and you simply pass through it as if it were uh, a phantom and you, you land on the ground. Um, Reginald, how did you do? I rolled a, a zero, seven, so very fantastic. Okay, and you were, you were going to try and get out of the way. Okay, yeah. so you, you sort of dive out of the way. Vadim, you grab uh, Lady Nichols and pull her uh, out of the way. Uh, Cyrus, how did you do? I didn't roll yet. I was waiting. Okay, go ahead. 39, uh, just shy of, you know what? I'm going to spend uh, four luck points and make it a, a hard success. Okay, that was kind of cool because he rolled a 39, too. Oh, wow. <laughs> um, all right, you're going to make it a hard success. Um, and Felix, how about you? 23 on. This is for Brawl that we're doing? Yeah, because you're trying to grapple. Uh, 23 on 25, which is a regular success. Okay. So, uh, Felix, you managed to grab a hold of one tablet, and Cyrus, you grab a hold of the other, um, uh, and the thing starts swinging. You can feel there's, it's not like, it's not like they're just floating willy-nilly in the air. There's something holding on them, as if there were a big man there holding them. Um, but I'm going to say that Felix, uh, you kind of slip off, and uh, Cyrus, you don't. You wrap yourself around it. And uh, the thing is trying to shake you off uh, with, with quite a bit of force. Um, now you can all, let's see, he's going to at least try to hit Cyrus as a result, but he doesn't. Um, so you can all move again. Uh, I don't think you can all attack him at the same time because you're in kind of a, a hallway upstairs. But uh, let's say Felix and, and Cyrus go ahead and roll. Somebody grab my waist. Give me extra leverage. I'm going to go. I 19. That. 19. I can spend five luck and make it an extreme if, if it's worth it. Yeah, I'm going to do that. Okay. It tries to bring the other tablet down on your head, but it misses. Nice. Uh, and you still have a hold of the tablet. Felix. I missed it 40 on 25. Okay. So it, it swung the tablet down towards uh, Cyrus and missed him, but you didn't grab a hold of it either. Um, and you definitely get the, the feeling that it's, it's damaged. The, the shadow isn't it's acting like it's damaged. It's, it's got tears in its shadow. Um, uh, Reginald, uh, well, let's see, uh, Fuller, uh, you've turned around and uh, sort of recovered yourself off the ground, but you see this going on just outside the doorway. What do you do? Try to tackle it again. Okay. Um, 
when you try to attack it, it doesn't seem to have substance except where uh, the arms are. I mean, as you start to move up towards the arms, you, there's, there's more of a corporeal feeling there because something is holding on to the, the tablets. Right, right. Um, Vadim, uh, you've, you've moved the lady out of the way. Uh, you said you, I, I heard you say something, but I didn't hear what you said. Yeah, I was going to grab Cyrus by the waist to give him a little bit more, uh, more leverage. Okay, do, uh, do a strength roll. Slip and fall on my face. Okay. And pull his pants down in the process. Yeah, with a Reginald. 99, yes, I, I do that. <laughs> So, Reginald, what do you want to do? This is crazy. You, you're all going to do sanity in a minute, but you don't have to do it yet. Uh, I, you know, the greatest, the, the biggest thing I can grab a hold of to make it change is is some. Weird limb. Yeah, it's it's almost like it's not there, and and even then, your fingers sort of pass into it. I think I, I mean, I, I well, let's find out. I'll try to I'll try to grapple connect with that thing. Yeah. Uh, sixty-two is a shitty roll, though. So, no okay. luck there. So at this point, it starts flailing. Um, it doesn't seem to be bound by what a man can actually do. Um, and the whole thing sort of rises up towards the ceiling, uh, where in fact most of the shadows in the room are. And uh, Cyrus, it begins lifting you off the ground. So you're kind of hanging from the thing. Go ahead and do a dexterity roll. Okay. 75, but it's still a success. I have an 80 dex. Wow. Um, so let's just say with that, you are, you're starting to lose your hold on it, but you're, you've still got a hold of it. Maybe you're now holding on to it like this. Um, Felix. Where is Armstrong in all this? Um, Armstrong is taking care of his mistress. Okay. All right. So I'm going to try. Well, if I jump up and try to grab hold of Cyrus now, then I may just actually pull him off of the arm. So I can't do that. The front door is closed, is it not? Uh, yes. Okay, it was closed behind us? Yes. just want to make it as hard as possible for this thing to just fly out, just in case it gets past. Can I reach the other? Is, is the other tablet still in reach if I were to jump and try to grab hold of it? Um, yeah, but he's swinging it. So he's trying everything to get, get away from you guys and keep the tablets. Hmm. 
yeah, I'll try. I'll have to. I'm, I'm gonna try to grab hold of it. I'm still gonna try to grab hold of it, even if he's swinging. Okay. Disadvantage on it. Yeah, do a do a penalty dice. That's sixty nine. So actually, if it it would only get worse from there. So I failed that one again. Okay. Um, at this point, uh, the shadow starts yelling, yells curses at you. It's screaming, let them go. I need them. They're mine. With the British accent or? Oh, okay. With a co- Cockney accent. Cockney. Uh, I'm just holding out for dear life. Uh, it's going to try and swing at uh, Cyrus to get him to let go. Uh, you can do a dodge roll. I'm just going to, I'm concentrating on holding the tablet. I'm not even going to, Okay. I don't want to lose my grip by trying to dodge. I think the tablet's more important than. Well, in that case, he, he connects. He uh, probably, the other tablet hits you in the head, the side of the head. Um, I'm hoping that'll give me a bonus dice on my next roll. That's why. Um, he did three hit points of damage to you. I, I probably got a nice gash on my forehead. Well, and I or something. think with that you need to do like a constitution roll to see if you just drop, you know. Con or strength? Do, do a con roll. Alright. Ten. Wow. You're tough. <laughs> that, I'm, I'm not really intelligent. I'm big and strong. That's... <laughs> All right, so you continue struggling with him. Um, let's go back to everybody else. Uh, Reginald. It's, it's mayhem. As as you say, it's mayhem. What's the what what can I hold on to or attack most viscerally? Um, attack? You're not sure that you can attack anything. Yeah. Um. So if you want, we can say that you're just you're you're speechless. You're stunned. You don't know what you're what to do in this case. I think I was I, I think I was thrown right. Uh yeah, kind of yeah. So yeah, I mean it's mostly just like holding on to internal. Okay. Stuff and yeah. yeah. Uh, Vadim, you are extremely exhausted. Not only because of the lack of sleep, but uh, from everything else. But do you want to try something? I'm going to go look to the uh, butler and say, open up the doors and the windows. Bring in the light. Get a torch. All right. So uh, he's going to try to do that. Uh, Let's see. Fuller. Yes. Uh, you keep grasping at nothing that's there. Somebody grab the other tablet. Yeah, I guess I'll 
subscribe for the tablet. Uh, you can try to penalty because he's once he's still swinging it around, and he's trying to keep you from grabbing anything. Yeah. A nine. Yeah, he also got an extreme. So. Let's just say you don't get hurt. <laughs> it's a plus. Um, uh, all right, Felix, let's give you a chance. I call out Oliphius and see if there's any reaction, if, see if this thing even stops or hesitates for a second. Uh, it doesn't, but maybe maybe it sort of turns its well you, you can't really tell if its head's turning or not but you think there might be some sort of a, a reaction um uh, but it it hasn't stopped uh trying to attack cyrus uh so cyrus uh it's going to swing the the tablet down at your head again oh three oh i'm I'm gonna, uh, I'm gonna have to, I guess, try and dodge. I don't know, right? Yeah. All right. But, I mean, with the Note 3, I'm not gonna be able to dodge it anyway, so I might as well just hold on. Well, if you got an extreme, then. Let me, but then I'll forfeit. I'm just, I just don't wanna lose it and the thing flies away, is what my concern is. Right. <sighs> There doesn't seem to be any way to attack the thing, though. So it seems and, like your strength is going to give up before it's. Yeah. Done. And believe it or not, I rolled an 06, but on dodge, it's still not extreme. And that's too many luck points. Oh, no, two luck points. I, I'm burning all my luck, but yeah, I'll spend two points and it brings me just to extreme with a. with a. Okay. Uh, do a. Um... Do a dex roll. That's just to see if you hold on to him. Uh, 36. So just shy of a hard. Okay. You're still hanging on. The thing is swinging you around and it's dragging you towards the stairs Ooh. as this is going. All right. Should we, shall we continue this or shall we... Uh, uh, just say that eventually it breaks loose. <laughs> I mean, in another round or two, I'll get thrown over the balcony, so let's go. Wait, Probably. Do I, coat? do I have a coat on? Try uh, grabbing my feet. Yeah, everybody's got a coat on. Everybody take your coats off. We all, you know, I take okay. off my coat. Then I use it. I just throw it up to where he's swinging this tablet, uh -huh. which catches in the coat. Now, this tablet has a nice big handle on it because everything else it passes through. He has no matter to him. So we basically netted this tablet. Okay. I'm gonna, I'll try it. That's what I'm going to attempt to do. So if everybody can just try to throw up and, and net and get handles our, of our sleeves would become the handles. And he is now our Luft balloon. <laughs> I say that's very clever. Um, go ahead. I say that that you can't really 
miss that your coats are going to definitely wrap around the uh, the tablets and you start yanking at them and uh he can't he can't get a hold of them so they eventually you pull them out of the air um hmm. at which point he goes freaking mad and then begins attacking you physically your faces whatever he can hit so uh shall we continue this next week or shall we continue um the yeah, battle good, rage on it could be a good cliffhanger okay we'll leave it there as a cliffhanger i think that's a good cliffhanger uh but yeah, just because you guys have the tablets doesn't mean he's going to beat the shit out of you and not get the tablets back. So we'll see. It does or right. doesn't? Yes. Does. <laughs> um, our players included Jason Melnichok, John Byron, Ford Fitch, Jerry Bryant, and David Gasser. Yours truly as the keeper of the secrets. We're currently producing up to five shows a week with music and sound effects added in post-production in order to create a richer listener experience. We provide audio-only versions of our shows free for you to download from Podbean or iTunes. The costs involved with the show are provided almost entirely by our patrons. Without them, we wouldn't be able to do what we do. If you'd like to support our show, visit our Patreon account. Just a dollar to a month helps us a lot. You can find a link in the description below. Like, share, and subscribe to our channel, and punch that bell icon for updates on our latest shows leave us some comments we enjoy reading them and answering any questions you might have this is tom Rayleigh, together with all the members of our gaming club inviting you to journey with us once again into the darkness for another adventure into the universe of hp lovecraft and the call of the role-playing game until next time good luck good gaming mm-hmm.